Hi, and welcome to Meridian Explains, all things real estate. I'm your host, Andrea Howell with Meridian Title, and this podcast is designed to bring you the most timely topics, the most difficult topics, and sometimes the most juicy topics in regards to all things real estate. And we're going to commit to cover these topics within 15 minutes. Today, we will be covering a very timely topic, an extremely important one that I think all realtors, lenders, and title companies need to be aware of. So stay tuned as for today's episode is Meridian Explains Title Fraud. My special guest is Rachel Ortiz, an owner and general counsel of Meridian Title. She is also the upcoming Utah Land Title Association president. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me on today. This is a very, uh, very timely and very important topic for our listeners. Yeah, there's been a growing concern about title fraud the last few years, starting with news from California and Florida. But right now, uh, there's been news stories and instances in Utah where uh, there's been title fraud right here in Utah. So can you briefly give us a snapshot of what's happening when title fraud is being committed? Yeah, you're right, Andrea. Utah is not immune to this issue. Unfortunately, uh, we wish we were, but we have seen title fraud right here locally. Um, And just to give a snapshot of what we're talking about, we're really talking about forged deeds, you know, forged conveyances of the property. This is either for the purpose of selling the property off and taking the proceeds or for purposes of taking out a loan on the property without the owner being aware Many times these are focusing on unencumbered, unoccupied property. Um, It's a lot easier to deal with property where you don't have to get a payoff from a lender, things like that. They're free and clear properties. um, And then we see a a deed get forged and either for the purposes of selling the property to an end buyer or for the purposes of taking out a loan and putting up this property as collateral for that loan. Now, many times, Andrea, title companies are right in the mix of actually helping prevent title fraud. A lot of times we're comparing signatures, you know, we're checking the identification, we're doing everything we can to make sure that we're dealing with the actual seller, the actual owner of the property. And all of us in the title industry are on this heightened awareness in dealing with unencumbered, unoccupied property, because we know that's one of the main targets. Now, also unfortunately, is that we've all seen the news story recently about a title company, you know, allegedly right in the mix of title fraud. Um, You know, allegedly they weren't only complicit in letting title fraud happen, but they were right involved in the process um, in committing the fraud. And so that's really, you know, just kind of a snapshot of when we're talking about title fraud, what we're talking about and what I'm hoping to provide some answers on today. Let's start with the red flags. And again, for anyone involved in a transaction, uh, what should they be watching for that if it just doesn't feel right? Yeah, no, great question. So to start, like I said, just being aware of what's being targeted. So kind of the first thing is, are you dealing with unoccupied, unencumbered property? If you are, you've gotta be on a heightened awareness. If you own property, that you know is unoccupied and unencumbered. I mean, really what we're talking about is free and clear lots, you know, unimproved lots. I mean, that's really kind of not necessarily red flag, but just kind of heightened scrutiny, you know, number one. 
And then the next thing what we're seeing is duplicate MLS listings, right? The, the actual owners of the property contact an agent, they want to list their property, and boom, they're being told, hey, there's already an MLS listing for this property. Um, as soon as that happens, you know, reach out to that other agent, find out as much as you can about who has listed the property and get all that information to the local authorities so that they can, you know, track that down. Um, and dealing with, you know, what we all saw in the news story of dealing with a title company and trying to figure out are there any red flags? I mean, what we're really talking about is conflicts of interest and watching for, you know, conflicts of interest with a title company. Um, a lot of, you know, principles of title companies are also in the real estate business, right? They might have investment properties. Um, they pretty much probably all own homes, things like that. But so anytime you're dealing with a scenario where the principles of the title company are also involved as a buyer or seller on the transaction can obviously create a conflict of interest. And you're going to want to be on some heightened scrutiny in that case. Um, you know, a couple things would be maybe looking to move it to a split closing. So there's another title company involved or even just asking to have it close at a separate title company. So there's a, you know, more neutral party involved. The other thing is, you know, watching for any time where you're involved in a transaction and post transaction, it appears that something hasn't been paid off, right? All of a sudden you're getting notices from your lender about late payments and you're like hey wait a minute that loan was paid off when i sold my property um you know receiving notices from the hoa or honestly the other thing to look for is the lack of receiving notices if all of a sudden you're not receiving notices from the hoa or your lender you know you got to check your records did that lender get paid you know get paid off or was there a d a forged deed so now the notices for that property are going somewhere else um so getting notices from parties that you should no longer be getting them from or also the stop of notices from parties that you expect them to come those are all things that as they come up, you should be aware of and dig into more if they come up with you. Never be afraid to just make a phone call and double check something. Yes, exactly. Always dig deeper. Find out more. Going back to title companies, they are really where the transaction occurs. They may seem behind the scenes, but really up until escrow and deed transfer, everything is the negotiation and preparation process. So it's really through the title and escrow companies that uh, ownership is transferred and money dispersed. Uh, everyone's relying on the title and escrow companies to fulfill the terms of the contract. And in the end, the title companies are the ones guaranteeing and ensuring the rightful ownership. So choosing a title company should be extremely important. And whether someone's a referring party, like a lender or a realtor, uh, or whether they're the buyer and seller doing their own research, uh, what should someone look for, what questions they should ask, and what research uh, should be done to decide on the best title company to work with? Yeah, Andrea, first, you're absolutely right. The title company is where it comes together. It's where the transaction comes together. Oftentimes, you know, consumers, buyers and sellers get confused. Are we part of the realtors? Are we part of the lender? No, we're, you know, the neutral party, an independent party to the contract. Uh, or to the transaction, and we really are putting it all together, getting all the documents in place, making sure all the money goes where it's supposed to go. So it's absolutely crucial that you're working with a good title company in every transaction. Now, how do you find the right title company? Well, 
There are a lot of, you know, free research you can do for yourself. Um, the Department of Insurance is a great place to start looking at, you know, what you want to know about a title company. And when you're looking at things, you know, something that comes to mind to me is longevity, especially in this market right now. The longer someone's been around, the more, you know, ups and downs of the market they've been through. Particularly, we have a lot of title companies that have popped up in the last few years that haven't been through a tough market. They haven't been through, you know, a slower market like this where deals get more and more complicated, where it's just so crucial that everything gets done timely, smoothly, and correctly. All money gets dispersed to the right parties. Um, you can see how long a title company has been licensed uh, by looking at the Department of Insurance website. You can also see what type of experience that title company has. How many licensed employees do they have? How many offices do they have? Now, I'm going to be a little biased here, Andrea, but I think that it's really important that you work with a title company that has an in-house legal department. I think it really shows you the level of experience and depth that that title company has and really, honestly, how much they care about having that expertise in-house and able to help with the transactions. The other thing to consider is, is the title company you're dealing with, you know, what type of actions do they take? Are you dealing with a company that, you know, is willing to cut edges here or, you know, cut corners here? I mean, in particular, understanding the marketing rules that title companies have. We all know there's a lot of rules around how a title company can market. But, you know, considering what those rules are, you know, for example, having a brick and mortar office in the state, I think that if you have a title company that's willing to, you know, maybe blur the lines or bend the rules in those areas, you've got to wonder, you know, are they cutting corners in other areas in dealing with the transaction? Are they really handling the transactions the way they should be? Now, again, obviously I'm biased, but, you know, Meridian, it's been around for almost 43 years. Um, you know, been through good times, bad times, the good markets, you know, tougher markets like what we're in now. Um, we've got a, a seven offices across the state, in-house legal department, and, you know, a number of amazing licensed escrow officers and licensed title examiners. We also have our own in-house title department. So I think, you know, longevity, experience, um, you know, just kind of how they behave in the market are all important things to look for. And most of this you can just find out from the Department of Insurance website, um, you know, doing some free research there. I also want to touch on the Department of Insurance website because if you are in a situation where some red flags pop up um, in dealing with a title company, it's a great resource where you could either file complaints or if nothing else, contact the Department of Insurance, explain to them the situation you're in, and let them decide if there's something fishing going on that warrants further investigation. Very good, very good suggestion. Um, so now that you've told us how to choose a title company, um, can you describe whether the title insurance policies can provide any type of protection against fraud? Yeah, another great question. And with, you know, I don't want to like nerd out and go all crazy talking about title insurance coverage on this podcast, Andrea. I know you commit to your listeners to keep it under 15 minutes. So this is what I'm going to say. Yes, there is a policy out there for, you know, residential property. It's called the homeowner's policy that does provide post-closing 
fraud and forgery coverage. This can be very critical for how some of these, you know, fraudulent transactions, this title fraud gets resolved and having some, you know, title insurance coverage there to help that out. So without getting into all the ins and outs of that, I recommend, you know, all the listeners of this podcast, talk to your title company, make sure you understand the different coverages and make sure you're going to bat for your clients to get as much coverage as you can. In particular, you know, trying to get that post policy fraud and forgery coverage when you can. One other thing, Andrea, before we start wrapping this up, I do want to mention there's this great, uh, resource with Salt Lake County properties. The Salt Lake County Recorder has this, uh, it's called Property Watch on their website. Because one of the things with this title fraud is knowing sooner than later makes a huge difference on getting everything resolved. Knowing that it's happened right when it's happened later than you know months and months down the road is key. Now the Salt Lake County Recorder on their property watch, this is completely free. You go on there, you plug in the address or the parcel number for the property and an email address and they will notify you every time something gets recorded on your property. Now, there's not really occasion that you would have a lot of things being recorded on your property, especially something being recorded that you're not expecting. Um, So this can be really key in catching things right as it occurs rather than down the road when it's going to be a lot harder to get it resolved. So if nothing else to come away from this, you know, talk to your title company, make sure you understand the different coverages and what's available. And if you've got property in Salt Lake County, go on there and sign up for Property Watch. Thank you so very, very much, Rachel. This has been uh, such good information for everyone listening. Please do check out the Utah Division of Insurance website and uh, check out the Property Watch at the Salt Lake County website. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Meridian Explains and found it very informative. And stay tuned for the next episode.